Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> We've just passed our terrible twos, and our podcast is now into its fearsome freeze. Over the coming weeks, we'll be playing a little clip from one of our amazing listeners from around the world. Today, we're handing the microphone to the lovely, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Joshua Boucher. Hey guys, Joshua here. What I like about the other stories? Well, the stories. You guys do a great job with the short story formats, and I always enjoy how the endings set my imagination going on what could possibly happen next. And the other thing I like is the narration. The narrators do an amazing job of bringing the stories to life. And the other thing I really like about the other stories in Hawk and Cleaver is the community that's grown up around it. The uh, Facebook group's amazing. Uh, It's nice to have a group of people that share my literary interest and my uh, love for the macabre. So anyway, keep it up. Great job, guys. I look forward to seeing what the future holds. Thank you very much, Joshua. Today's episode is Big Bloody Rocks, written by Duncan Muggleton and narrated by Alexandra Elroy. Mel? shouted Cherry, staring out the window at the freshly risen day. Mm, What was that? Mel mumbled from the bed. The rocks are gone. The the rocks? Yes, they're gone. What's gone? The bloody rocks have gone. Terry had pulled aside the net curtain, not bothered to be bearing a naked body to any old passerby. She had bigger concerns. The rocks were gone. 
I'm telling you, Mel said with concern over breakfast and half-chewed mouthful of egg. We never had any rocks. Terry hadn't touched her own breakfast. What is wrong with you? They were in the middle of the fucking garden, big bloody things. She mimicked their size with a gesture. Mel said nothing in return, and Terry thought back to the day at the garden centre when she picked them out, much to her wife's annoyance, since she only wanted a neatly mown patch of grass. But Terry, oh, she wanted to go big. Japanese-inspired and natural, only infused with Terry's need to wow and turn heads. She wanted the little footbridge, blossom trees, maybe a little stream, and only the boldest colours. Mel had reminded her it was 20 feet square and they should try to be a touch more conservative. Terry had scoffed at this but conceded the point and compromised with some big, bloody rocks. Uh, Come with me, Terry said, grasping Mel by the hand, who cast a sorrowful glance at the as-yet-uneaten eggs on her plate. Terry pulled her out through the front door and nearly caused them both to fall when she missed the step. The garden was a medium-sized square occupied with neatly cut grass, and each blade had the sparkle of dew in the chill morning air. Your socks are getting wet, Mel laughed. Terry marched to the middle of the square patch and went down to her knees, bending over to inspect the area. Somebody swiped him, Terry said. Somebody stole these big bloody rocks, did they? Terry continued her search, conjuring the image of a bloodhound on the hunt in Mel's mind which would have made her chuckle were it not for what she was witnessing her wife do. So, Mel said, hoping to put the matter to rest, shouldn't there be patches of dead grass from where they were or something? Don't you think? Fucking gone, Terry mumbled. "Mm, Okay, that's enough, Mel commanded. You obviously haven't woken up yet. She grabbed Terry under one armpit. In, now. I want to finish my eggs. Terry gave the garden a final, confused glance before falling in line behind Mel and filing back into the house. I don't understand why you're being like this, Mel. I don't understand why you're ruining my Saturday, Terry. The two were on the sofa, cuddled up watching the usual slew of weekend television. We got them seven years ago at Rosefields. You didn't want them, but I let you have the new TV in return. Terry had calmed down, but had stayed on the subject all morning. She had stood by the front window looking out for the most part. No, we didn't, Mel said with certainty. You tried to wear me down, but I convinced you otherwise. I took you to Nando's because I felt bad, remember? Mel tried to laugh, but she stopped finding it funny an hour ago. So I just made them up? Terry raised her voice. Stop this, okay? You're starting to scare me. Terry fixed Mel with a long stare, and in seeing the genuine concern on her face, let it go. But I'm going to find out what happened to my rocks, she thought. Her stomach gurgled uncomfortably, but she assumed that was at the mention of Nando's. In an effort to change the subject, Terry asked, When are you meeting up with your friends again? Tomorrow. Mel said, gesturing at the TV. Now shush. The remainder of the Saturday was its usual subdued self, and soon Terry put her mind to other things, replacing the light bulb in the dining room she'd been putting up for weeks for one thing. 
As she reached up and unscrewed the dead bulb, her stomach cried out in pain. In her surprise, Terry dropped the bulb and it smashed on the floor. Sack the juggler! Mel called from the other room. <laughs> Terry replied mockingly, the pain easing off. She knelt down and picked up the shards of flimsy glass and fed them to the waste bin, before reaching up and screwing in the fresh bulb. It blinked to life and her eyes were forced shut by the sudden intrusion. Bedtime? Mel said, suddenly appearing in the doorway. Terry gave a knowing wink and tried the light switch a few times, satisfied with her work, but still feeling the old pain in her midriff as they retired upstairs. When Terry changed into her night clothes, the comforting smell of sleep engulfed her. She drew the curtains, making a point not to look at the garden. I'll look into it tomorrow, when Mel goes to lunch with her weird friends, she thought. They were people Terry had never cared for. Her partners in crime, as Mel called them. And so she was more than happy to sit that one out, whatever it was they got up to. Mel's hands appeared around her waist, and she felt a tingle of excitement as her neck was kissed gently. She turned and regarded her wife, too lost in her love for her to worry about some silly bloody rocks. Terry kissed her, and their lips lingered together as time stopped. Suddenly, Terry pulled back, confused. Have you cleaned your teeth? Terry asked. Wow, Mel said, backing away. Nice mood killer, that. It just tastes a bit... funny, Terry insisted. Tasted a bit... I don't know... earthy. Earthy? Mel threw up her arms and started to pull the sheets back before climbing inside. Terry thought about it further. Yeah, tasted cold. The fuck? Ugh, like, like a cold surface, like... Rock. She finished a thought in her head. Huh. Good night, Mel said flippantly, turning over. She turned off the bedside light and Terry was left in darkness, the pain in her stomach returning in a dull form. In the middle of the night, Terry was rudely forced from sleep, though she knew not why. There was no noise or disturbance. But then there was Mel standing at the side of the bed holding something in her arms. Mel? Terry said, rubbing her eyes. Mel, you okay? She looked down at what she was holding and in a confused state took it for a baby at first, based on the way she was holding it. What's the... Terry started to ask. Forget about the bloody rocks. Mel, what... Before Terry could finish, Mel raised whatever it was she was holding above her head. Moonlight shining through the crack in the curtains illuminated its surface. It was a large, grey rock, smooth, round and familiar. We changed it, Mel said. What? Cherry replied, alarmed by the expression on Mel's face. Forget about the rocks! Mel screamed, bringing the rock down on Terry's head in one swift motion. Terry screamed,
she awoke to the morning light screaming through the windows, and to the relief that her head hadn't been caved in. She had had lucid dreams before, but never as intense as what she had experienced that night. She started to make a move out of bed, but was stopped by a shooting pain in her belly. Fuck! Terry yelled, caught off guard. Oh, fuck me! Ow! The floorboards creaked under Mel's footsteps as she entered the bedroom carrying two large mugs of coffee and concern in her eyes. You okay, love? Mel asked, putting the coffee down at the side of the bed as she sat next to her wife. Terry winced when every movement she made resulted in tremendous pain. Oh, my stomach! I think that chicken was off last night, Terry said with eyes clenched shut. I mean, well, I feel fine, Mel said, rubbing Terry's shoulder. Bloody hell, it hurts! Oh, just rest, okay? Mel cooed. Let me know if you need anything. I'm off to meet the gang. With that, Mel left the room before Terry could protest. Huh? Terry said. Where are you? Ah, fucking ow! She gripped her stomach once more. She was sweating, and the pain became so much that she struggled to call out to her wife to at least comfort her. She usually never left her side if she was ill. But the way she left the room, something's off, Terry thought. She heard the faint sound of the front door opening, the jangle of keys, followed by the door closing. Mel had left to meet her friends, the weirdos. What the hell? screamed Terry. The pain soon eased up enough for her to shift to a more comfortable position, but getting up was out of the question. The pain bloomed in every direction whenever she tried. She searched for her phone but realised she had left it downstairs on charge. Unable to do anything but wait, Terry reluctantly drifted off back to sleep. She woke several times over the next few hours, but mostly she felt detached from the situation, as though it couldn't possibly be happening to her. Her thoughts kept returning to the rocks, and wished she'd never noticed they were gone, as though everything had hinged on that one silly detail. She remembered them so vividly, it seemed impossible that Mel would dismiss her claim so quickly, and that was before she took off, leaving Terry alone and afraid. When the pain flared up again, Terry gripped her stomach tight, but she withdrew her hands in terror when she felt how swollen it had become. It bulged horribly under her nightclothes, and it was hard as stone, solid as rock. Terry cried out in both pain and terror at the change, shifting her weight uncomfortably in order to get out of bed, go downstairs, retrieve her phone and call an ambulance. But she couldn't do any of that, and instead began to scream. Terry cried out for Mel, who on cue returned at that moment. Ah! Mel! Honey, I'm home! Mel called cheerily. Sorry, I'm a bit later than planned. We were getting right into it. You know how they are, that lot. Mel! I need you to call me an ambulance! Oh, I think that's a bit extreme, don't you? Mel called, slowly climbing the stairs. I'm ha- Something's not right. I'm having some kind of- Well, I don't know. Look! As she finished talking, 
Mel entered the bedroom oddly cheery. Terry didn't say anything at first, assuming her swollen belly would do the talking, which she revealed by pulling up her nightshirt. Oh dear, Mel said, walking over to Terry's side of the bed. That looks nasty. Terry did not like the odd tone her wife had adopted. I need help, Mel, this isn't right. Mel half smiled and then turned away, strangely morose. No, it isn't right, she said finally. But don't worry, we can put that right, I should think. I need to go to the fucking hospital, Mel! What the fuck is wrong with you? As her confusion grew, so did the size of her stomach. It had ripened to the size of a football, and the terror of the situation was beating her heart off the walls of her chest. It's okay, we'll just go back and change it, Mel said, now standing. (gasps) What does that mean? What's happening to me? Terry cried through the searing pain. Well, we thought something small would be okay, you know, to start with. Mel! Just altering a banal decision, something cosmetic, like what we bought from the garden centre that day. We didn't think it would have this kind of result. It's quite fascinating, really. The others agree I can go back and try again, though. Terry said, screaming as the pressure on her skin grew greater than she could bear. I need help, Mel! Please! Please! Oh, it's okay, love, Mel said. It's just a side effect. Bent the past and it usually tries to straighten itself back out. Everything has to go somewhere, you know? Like those rocks you never bought. Even though we changed it, they still came home with you. You see? Terry's eyes were wide and mortified. A gurgling sound could be heard at the back of her throat, and she writhed at the pain, unable to scream any more. Mel looked on in boredom as the skin covering Terry's stomach tore open around the edge of the bulbous formation. Blood trickled at the new holes, and Terry choked on her own vomit, spluttering blood and bits of her insides over her pillow. After a final pitiful yelp, Terry stopped moving. Mel tuttered to herself and moved back the flap of skin on her wife's stomach, revealing the large rock in its place. It would have stared back, but of course it was only a rock. A big, bloody rock. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Big Bloody Rocks was written by Duncan Muggleton, Narrated by Alexandra Elroy, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Melon and Sam Robster. So, we have new patrons. A big sweaty handshake and a big overbearing hug to our latest recruits in the War on Sanity. Hello to Scott Berger, Beige S, and Nightmare, spelled with a Y. Welcome to the family. So, if you also wanted to be part of our little family of mutants and lovely people you can join us by becoming a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver there you'll get early ad free access to episodes monthly bonus episodes and more bonus content if that sounds like your kind of thing then head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver until next time 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.